Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ninth episode of the House of the Dev podcast. This is Rafael Calantonio from Austin, Texas. Hi, Raf. Hello, Peter. My name is Peter Salnikov, and uh, well, this uh, this is the last episode in this season, in the season one. So uh, there's just the two of us finally. Um, and uh, I think this is going to be some sort of leisure, chill-out episode to, uh, you know, wrap things up and uh, talk about the podcast, talk about our future plans, and, uh, well, talk about the experience that we've got and we shared during this first season. You are entering the house of the dead. Well, to be honest, uh, for me, it was a completely terrific experience. Um, if I would be, you know, 10 years younger, I would probably say that this is completely unbelievable. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of questions from our audience, actually, and uh, many people asked us about uh, how in, in the world did we even uh, come up with this idea and uh, how mm, did we get everything settled for this well the easy answer is that all you have to do is start a podcast with rafael calantonio well, and how how do you get to that point uh, think about uh, think about it as a journey that may take years guys so yeah uh raf i gotta thank you thanks man it was awesome and uh, i'm really happy that you are a part of it Th thank you to for getting me into this thing i i don't have like a natural tendency to go there you know like podcasts and social media is not really my thing so much i mean i i like to participate to it occasionally it feels like a bit of a breath of uh uh you know of, of ex i don't know if exposure but like expression which is kind of cool uh but i usually i'm shy of all those things so i i would never have done it on my own And uh, so, thank, so thank you very much. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the people we got on board, you know, uh, having been in this in this industry for such a long time, I think you know, was was pretty uh, was pretty easy to get them to to talk to us, which you know grateful for. And uh, as far as like you and I, I mean, you know, we started to talk what six years ago or something. And uh, six years ago, no, I think it's four years ago. After four years? pray, of, after pray, four yeah, years. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, well, four you know, years is a while. It's a anyway. while, yeah. And that yeah. You no, know, that friendship developed uh, among uh, you know based on common taste for for a variety of things, including uh, making music and all. So yeah, it's been a cool. Good venture. Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to say that the Unreal Engine Dev Contest uh, has come to an end. And uh, this year we've got about uh, 300 participants, which is kind of great. Uh, it gets bigger uh, every year. And uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who, uh, you know, had the guts to participate in this year's event. I really hope that uh, we will see you next year. Um, Because, you know, only getting through the first uh, line of filters uh, which your, through which your application comes on this contest, only getting through this first uh, set of filters uh, is, is, is a big deal. So, uh, which, which says that, which tells us that your game, your project, your idea is not crap at all. And that's, that's a huge deal. So, yeah, um, well... 
our plan, uh, our initial plan was uh, to make 12 episodes. Uh, we have started doing this uh, back in June, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the plan was to uh, release uh, uh, two episodes two times a month, but um, it uh, it turned out that man maintaining the level of topics and guests and keeping up to to the tempo is uh, pretty hard, and uh, we had to choose, you know, to just. To, to just do 12 episodes, whatever they are, or uh, make uh, make the list shorter, but make the episodes themselves deeper, and uh, you know, the the make the quality higher. Yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we've got a, a lot of plans for the future. Uh, we've got some uh, guests who are already uh, who who already. You know, said yes to our propositions. Uh, Raf worked on it. Uh, I worked on it a lot. Obviously, uh, I don't think that we should give you names right now um, because you know who knows what can happen. Um, but um, I think that we can tell that uh, we did not discuss the music in this first season. Uh, we did not discuss the the matters of diversity in the gaming industry in the first season. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, uninvited, still uninvited legends out there uh, for us to, you know, to, to interrogate about their experience. So uh, there's about uh, four guests in the works, if I can say so. I cannot say if we will release these episodes immediately or if we will have some kind of advance, you know, to, to release them uh, uh, as soon as we find it uh, needed, you know, uh, comfortable and uh, as soon as the time comes. So anyway, uh, we are, we're, we're really looking forward to do another season, uh, maybe may even make more episodes and uh, I think it's. Uh, have you have you ever read comments to to the show, Raf? Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't understand the took Russian a dive. ones. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw the ones that were uh, in in English language, and uh, it was good. A lot of very very uh, excited, enthusiastic uh, people, gamers and developers. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm happy. I was happy to see the the reception of. Uh, of that kind, and uh, there was one particular uh, thing uh, people asked us uh, about. It was to add an option to ask questions to us or to to our guests. Uh, I mean, send them over even email or even Patreon. Uh, but I'm afraid that this is impossible. We, we we did not discuss it, but I think that we can do it right now because. Uh, well, it was impossible in uh, season one. Uh, we've been thinking about it, uh, of course, and I think that it will stay impossible uh, in season two. And the reason is simple. Uh, we only get an hour of time to uh, talk to a person, and we often don't get the chance to ask and talk about everything we would like to. And there's always a risk that our connection will fail or something else will happen. So we are always really, really short on time. 
And uh, I don't think that uh, we are in a position to, you know, stretch the, the podcast uh, to ask questions from our listeners. With all due respect, I really, I, I mean, uh, I respect the, 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 the wheel and the, the desire to uh, ask questions kind of directly, but there's technical reasons uh, because of which we just cannot afford that. Yeah, that's the right word. We cannot afford it. So, Raf, your game Weird West is about to, you know, is about to come out. The release date is, uh, well, uh, the day after tomorrow. We can say that. And uh, you seem relaxed. Uh, and uh, what's your what's your current status? What's your pre-release uh, job right now? Oh, the reason I'm so relaxed is, uh, and uh, by the time this episode gets edited and shown to the public, uh, I will have announced. I guess uh, early, like in a few days, I'm going to announce that the, the game has been pushed back a few months. And uh, the reason is, you know, as much as the game is, is fun, we, we also really are committed to delivering uh, the best experience we can. And, you know, as developers, I'm sure anyone who's been a developer know that there's, just, you know, Releasing a game that still needs a little bit of work, still needs a bit of polish and debugging is, uh, is suicidal. And we don't want to do that. And also, as gamers, you know, people get pissed off. So we don't want to piss off players either. So, you know, I think it's for the best. We're just pushing it a little more. It's, uh, you know, cost us much more money. Cost us, you know, it's just... People stay stay at work instead of, instead of having it off their back. But I think it's for the best. I've had a touch of the of the game. Uh, you've sent me the the preview a code, and uh, I've played for about like maybe twelve hours or so. Uh, and uh, it's it's a it's a huge. Uh, it may lo- it may not look uh, like this when you when you are uh, you know scrolling the Instagram screenshots and short videos. But it's uh, it's a huge and complex game, and uh, I mean, it it doesn't it did not seem that way uh, all along because uh, well until you, uh, until you see it you will probably never learn. Uh, but uh, you know, um, in in a couple of months, uh, what can be fixed and polished in a in a game with a with a deep simulation uh, like Weird West? Yeah, so for us, you know, one of the power of immersive sims is how much, what's the size of the space of possibilities, everything that can happen, like, you know, you can do things in different order, and and there's not only the the, the sandbox aspect of it, but also the script there's vendettas there's yeah Yeah. there's physics there's quests there's crazy crazy amount of stuff so there's a lot of stuff so and and if you don't force players to play in a very linear way then it's the the the, it's great for them but the counter part of that like i would say like also like in game like skyrim or something like that is that you get like so many different type of experiences that it's a matter of testing it enough and uh and so that's where we are we uh we, you know, the, the, the surface, like the, 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 most of the main branches are pretty, working pretty well right now. I mean, there's still some, some stuff to iron out, but, uh, but the, the ex- extra time that we're taking is really to, uh, to, 
you know, to re- to get some of those bumps out of the way. And, and also, you know, some of those little consequences, little things that happen when you play the game, some of them are actually uh, fun. Some of them are, oh, you know, we didn't know our game does that and it's cool, so let's keep it in. And some of them is like, you know, we, we heard someone killing people, burying them, and then like collecting their skulls because then we have this system in the game. And the skull, you can sell them for eight bucks a pop in, in a shop. So then like it's an exploit to make tons of money just by killing people, burying them, and then getting their skull out, you know, their bones and selling them to the store. So like that's the kind of thing where it's just like an economy breaker. So it's easy to fix. Uh, and if we did not do this beta that we're doing right now, like it's a pretty heavy mass scale beta, then we would never have found that, you know. Uh, so for us, it takes a, a second to just go into the, the, the database and drop the, 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 the cost of, of skulls. Uh, but then there are some more things that are more inconvenient. So that's that's really what we are, uh, the, the time that we are now taking is going to be to uh, just, you know, make it as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. I really so hope it's a great place will, to be in. Yeah. Mm. It's a great place to be in because we're not we're not adding anything. We're not we're not uh-huh. we're not like adding features or wondering how the game can be fun. It's more about, you know, looking like listening to all the feedback that we're getting these days uh through the beta and and addressing everything we can. Well, and uh I cannot cannot help but asking you about your you know, your your current mood because a couple of years ago you took a huge break. Uh, that's when we started, uh, you know, that's when we started our uh, small talks <laughs> through Facebook. Uh, and then you came back uh, in, a, in, a, in, in the shape of an indie developer uh, with, a, with a game much, you know, I wouldn't say humble, but it's not a AAA title. We all understand that. It's, it's a different scope. Um, and uh, then the, the the COVID hit the the world, and uh, the the processes changed in in all of the you know in, in the whole life. I mean the the educational system, the I don't know shops and uh, video game development as well. They've mutated into something new, into something different. So uh, can you tell us about the change in the workflow that you've experienced uh, when developing Weird West? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure because COVID is so universal to everyone, I'm sure everybody has experienced that. So they, everybody can understand uh, what we went through. I think uh, it's just an acceleration of probably what would have happened. Uh, you would think the world is always like trying to get into more virtual and ways to, to develop and communicate. And uh, that has just like put everything on the fast lane. I was just like, well, okay, it's today. Like, and uh, in our case, we already had planned to, to work remotely. So it was not a huge shock. I think, frankly, the, the part that was difficult is not being able to see ever our, our collaborators. Like some of them are in Australia, Julien, for example, my, my uh, executive producer and, and, and also CEO of the company. Uh, so I haven't seen him for, you know, two plus years. And uh, that, that, has been, that has been humanly painful. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, not, yeah, of course. And everybody can relate. I, we, we, I think we all have our own version of that in general, though, I would say the thing about remote working that has been draining over time is everything relies on project management 
programs like Jira or Basecamp or you know some other stuff that you know there's like ten of them, and uh, and those tools are very spammy, you know. Uh, like Michael just uh, updated his, his task. Great, I'm glad to know. You know, and now you have that. Like we have a hundred of them a day, right? Uh, based on where you are in the chain of of command, or like you know. Mm-hmm. So then you are super spammed all the time. And if you're too spammed, then guess what happened? Just don't read, read them enough, you know, uh, because then you you tend to like see, go like you you tend to think, oh, that's probably just a spam, delete, and then you you might mm-hmm. miss some something important. So yeah. I think the tools need to evolve again. You know, we we are like still at the at the stage where they don't scale. They don't scale for like big teams with 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 by being so spammy. It's it's just uh, it's just you know it's just an inconvenience and it, it goes against communication in a way. I think. But uh, you know to answer your question, COVID aside, I think for me uh, making games has always been and hopefully always will be a result of. Uh, me and my friends wanting to um, wanting to bring something to the to the gamers that is meaningful to us and hopefully meaningful to them. And I feel like there are so many of these in us. You know, think of it as anything as a piece of art. Like if you're a painter, if you're a musician, or anything. Like how many you know? Do you do you write just songs after songs? You know, without any meaning. Like 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 a like a, like you're a contractor, or do you write this uh, because it comes from some somewhere, you know? And I think for us, the the games, you know, since Arx Vitalis until now Weird West, they they always they always have their place in our kind of like um, in our life showcase or whatever you want to call it, like something mm-hmm. that is like okay, that was a part of my life that was part of my life that was part of my life that was something that i wanted to express back then and so that to me is really the bottom line of all of that you know when i when i took a, when i took a break it was i was um, um i did not have anything i didn't it's just, i was like well that's it i you know I've pretty much expressed everything i want um and i think games in an ideal world in my ideal world every game would be made with that that in mind they would not be the result of some publisher who needs a who needs a you know a new racing game in the lineup for 2023 because otherwise they're going to be the competition blah 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 you know but it would be instead someone that is passionate in the world about making that game how do you look at it now that you are yourself a developer well uh you know one thing i would like to say is that uh in the past few years there's been a lot of whining and complaining about how hard it is to 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 make games and uh uh what how, what a hard labor it is to uh, work in the gaming industry i'm not saying it's easy at all but i think uh, it's too much it's just too much i am uh, like after after uh, looking at it for mm, for about 15 years from a side i was uh, I was in PR, I was in journalism, I was in uh, media, you know, somewhere around. I was in sound design, I was in uh, contractor contractor music uh, for some studios. Uh, And now I'm half 
almost half a year into the the, the work itself and well i i do not get the feeling that i'm in the middle of some coal mine or something not not at all no sir and well i think this is the question of that uh, well after reading uh latest jason's book i mean jason schreier one of our guests uh hello jason if you're listening to it um uh, after reading well actually after reading blood sweat and pixels and after reading press reset uh you know people can uh, people can think that people may say that this is an an, an awful job and it's a, a very hard career and blah 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 but i think that game development uh the, the creative game development the the game development that we are talking about here that you are talking about not like i'm a designer i'm going to go to mobile development and make another uh, match three game that's also game development okay i get it but we're talking about you know people who uh who give away their 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 soul to this their their best years of their lives this is a choice it's a choice uh multiplied by the calling i would say that and uh well you can complain about a lot of things about the you know uh, cheating partners uh, about uh, lack of money lack of time mostly about the gamers uh, and stuff but this is a wonderful job and it's very interesting because uh, you know video games as a technology uh video games are always on the brink of uh you know some sort of new achievements uh new i mean the uh, digital uh achievements and uh stuff like that so uh i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of creative process in this work and uh there's a lot of uh exploration in this job and it uh, makes my heart beat faster <laughs> now loading the house of the dead speaking about um, our studio we we have passed the the stage of uh, heavy documentary uh, i mean some people probably know that every game is in the first place it's uh, it's a ton of paperwork and then you start doing something real and uh, yeah well last week i've installed unreal engine 4 can you believe that because i wanted to uh, because i want to save some money uh, later on we will uh, find a uh, i mean i have already found a gifted sound designer uh, but at this stage we will probably do the all the audio ourselves uh, and then we will uh, get help yeah so now i want to figure out i've already figured out how the audio in uh, on unreal engine works i mean the basics of course uh, and uh, yeah so one uh, another thing i would want to ask you about um so um Last month, uh, a uh, a lead level designer joined our team, 
And she said that we are focusing too much on our, you know, p- paperwork and uh, describing things. And it's, uh, the thing is that we've got our own original system because, uh, well, our game is uh, focused on, uh, on, uh, you know, on original some sort, uh, original topic. We've figured out that we will need a. An original system and planning this system, uh, writing tons of tons of Google Docs and spreadsheets, and we've uh, mm, prototyped the battle several times with the help of uh, you know several board games. We just ripped the, the hexes out of one box, ripped the uh, figures out of another box, uh, and we we've assembled our own uh, tabletop uh, you know constructor to test uh, battles so yeah uh the the level designer she said that we are focusing too much on this and we everyone in the team should uh install unreal engine and uh be more real about it and try things in there without um without writing so much stuff on paper uh well I'm I'm not saying she's wrong, and I can't say that she's right because we've got a lot of uh, stuff prepared before the, uh, anyone will start coding or prototyping it in the in the engine. But she's kind of she has her point, and uh, I wanted to ask: Are you are you more of a documentation person or more of a you know experimental person? Uh, I've been through both phases, and frankly, I, I assume uh, different different successful companies have are doing either. You know, I don't I don't think there's one way or the or the other. Um, personally, my very first game, Arx Fatalis, and I think it's because I had so much time because even starting it, that everything was like on paper, practically. You know, the levels and. Uh, the rules of combat and everything. Uh, and then, as the company became more mature, evolved, grew, etc., we were more, I wouldn't say freestyling it, but uh, I think uh, we have now the, the, the balance which worked for us between... It, it doesn't hurt to think a lot of things. It doesn't hurt to... Uh, come up with combat rules and and you know you might say like dexterity multiplied by this divided by this times the level or whatever it is that your thing is you know uh, and here are the different kind of stats and all that I don't think it hurts to have that on paper as long as you realize that this is just a snapshot of what you have in your head right now and it's very very flexible and it's going to change you know as long as you don't get attached religiously to it because i think that might be the problem sometimes uh back in the days like state say 15 20 years ago you would you know publishers would ask you for very in-depth document design that is static like that will never change because it's contractual almost and uh those days are gone i believe so but it's good to think about all those things and then and then yeah, and then you experiment directly with the sandbox, make some prototypes, and and then realize that what you wrote on paper, so you know, at least it got you to to ask yourself the right questions, and it's it's more like it, mm-hmm. it's more like to have a list of things to consider more than 
here is how exactly we're going to do it, you know. And some of it is exactly how you're going to do it because you already know it. You've seen it in 10 different games and uh, it, it will just work. But some of it, you probably will be wrong on your first on your first attempt on paper. And specifically to game design, but to level design, by the way, because I think mm. game design in general, you know, you can split it in so many categories as you want. But if you want, if you want to just like say, okay, there's the systems and there's the levels, you know, which very it's it's a simplification. Uh, the systems you can pretty much to some degree have them on paper. Uh, at least it you know listing the powers that you're gonna have, for example, or whatever. And you uh, you might you might you might get seven out of ten of them right, and then the three that you thought would be fun you don't do it. You you just you just you just go back to the whiteboard and and find another one. Or as you were prototyping, you find something more fun or whatever. But the level design itself. Other than the theme, uh, and uh, by the theme I mean like the high-level objectives of that of that mission of that of that level, you know, which is to kill the prince or whatever it is. Uh, other than that, it is very hard to design anything on paper. I think um, so. Maybe maybe she's even more um, not biased, but. She leans even more towards improvis—not uh, improvisation, but like experimentation—because she comes from level design, which is probably more true. I think that at some point I was scared uh, of, uh, you know, studying Unreal Engine, studying the the, the this these interfaces and uh, and stuff, because the last time I got my hands on something close to programming was in like sixth grade. Uh, in Turbo Basic, like Screen 7, Go To, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then, you know, uh, since that day, technology uh, did a huge step forward. And I run, uh, I, I launch Unreal Engine, and uh, everything is, uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, let's consider that I, I evolved a bit too. Uh, because everything is uh, uh, called by you know common names and un totally understandable what button does what function, and uh, it to me it occurred like a modern day engine is a mix of Adobe Photoshop and Fruity Loops, <laughs> something like that. Everything is visual. Yeah, you connect one one shit to another shit, and then it 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 doesn't work that well. Then the fun starts. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because on the one hand it's easier than ever, and on the other hand, it's also harder than ever. I I think the mm -hmm. the visual uh, programming system like Blueprint uh, that you're talking about, or some other systems that are part of Unreal. They are in some ways easier than before because you just put your boxes and test it and it works. So if you want to do something pretty simple, it's simpler than before. But frankly, it's also way more complex because people, it, it now makes a difference between like some really, really good, you can tell the difference between game designers that are not as programmers as others. And, uh, you know, there are, there are some things that I can't do at all. Like, uh, you know, I, I can do the basics, but then if I want to go deeper, it's just impossible because like now you have to be a programmer to even understand what yeah. those, what those mm -hmm. concepts are. Like when you, when you bring those, those boxes on the, from, from blueprint with all the, par the, 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 the parameters, 
the outputs and the inputs, etc. And like the complex, the concepts are very, very close to uh, a, a, an advanced uh, language. Of uh, it's just that it's a visual version, but it doesn't make it much easier, frankly. It, it can quickly become a super mess. Uh, so that's 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 where you then then you have like all these different people that use the same tools but not at the same level. If you see what I mean? Well, I think that uh, we can easily compare it to the music industry because I mean, in the '60s, in the '70s, even in the '80s, in in the '90s, you had to you know <clears throat> put a lot uh, put a lot of work to into uh, making your music heard basically uh, to become uh, accessible to become available in in shops and uh, uh, gather some audience right now anybody can go to uh, special uh, middleware services and uh, pay 35 bucks and now you're all over Spotify and Apple Music and Google Music and shit. But now you have to put even more work to impress somebody, because the fact that you are your music in, is in stores that that's not impressive at all. The same goes with the uh, video games. There's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of people trying out their skills, uh, participating in uh, contests and game jams, uh, hackathons, whatever. Uh, and uh, you like. Ten years ago, uh, you could still judge a game by the cover, I mean by, by the graphics. And if you saw a game with gorgeous graphics, you, you went like, oh shit, this is beautiful, how could they even do this? Nowadays, if you look uh, at the game with go random game, like uh, blind watching games over YouTube with your grandma, uh, she will not you know, uh, see any difference between, uh, you know, expensive games with gorgeous graphics and indie games with gorgeous graphics. Because uh, the basic gorgeous graphics is uh, comes for free once you install the Epic Games Launcher and download Unreal Engine 4. Uh, that's the, 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 the reality of modern world. And to, to compete, to outstand uh, you have to find uh, another ways yeah which uh, which ways are yeah mm -hmm. which i think is a great thing frankly i think uh it's only sad if for the groups who have relied on on that on like you know uh investing tons of money into graphics and arts and getting away with making a game like that I think it doesn't work anymore, right? I think now mm -hmm. the substance and the content and the intelligence behind your game matters more than ever. Uh, not only it matters more than ever, but I think there's also, I mean, there will always people will always be a, attracted to to amazing art. Right? There's no doubt about it. But I think there's also uh, some sort of uh, we, we're getting used to it, so we don't we're not like as impressed anymore. Uh, so, for example, right now I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing the game called Inscription, which, mm -hmm. you know, from um, Devolver, who's also a publisher, and it's really fun. It's 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 you know deep, and there's some some underlying layers and like little bits of story that come by surprise, and it's a very sophisticated game. Now it's not. You know, it's not like all physics and all like it's it's more contained and more 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 controlled than that, 
but still, it's kind of sandboxy in the way you can you can evolve your your cards and the, the you know, it's a, some sort of a strategy game, some sort of card game with with a with, with a cool atmosphere and and some cool bits around it. it there's more to it than just the game, and uh, and it's it's doesn't bother me at all. I, I I'm you know they they went with retro art. Kind of, you know, it's kind of 3D, but with retro uh, post-process on top of it. So you feel like you're playing in the 80s or something. And But it, in a way, it forces you, it allows you to focus more on the content as a gamer. And also, I guess, as a developer. And uh, so that's a very interesting phenomenon to me. Like, on one hand, you have, like, the games that are throwing hundreds of millions of dollars to be the, 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 the you know, to win the, the, the art war. But even those, if they don't have good content beside, behind, uh, you know, beside the art, they, they won't go anywhere. And that's new. I mean, that's new. That's like five years, ten years new, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I think it's going to keep going. I, I think there's a moment where uh, there's going to be a, me- a game that mega, mega hit. I mean... Sorry, it's already existed. It's called Minecraft, but it, there's gonna be some more of that, right? Like mega, mega hits that are like far from technologically impressive, far from visually impressive. Well, I wonder where this is going actually, because you know the the industry itself these days seems bored, because every year we we've got uh, same old Call of Duty, same old Assassin's Creed, same old FIFA, uh, same old Battlefield. Uh, and like uh, in the past few years, every autumn there was some sort of war, you know, between uh, Call of Duty fans, Battlefield fans, and uh, some I don't know uh, Titanfall 2 fans. This this year, nobody gives a shit about it. Just like people are so full of it, they do not even see fun in uh, in arguing about it anymore. I'm not even. <laughs> saying about playing it like battlefield the new battlefield is broken i don't give a shit uh the new call of duty is blah 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 blah. all right okay uh, same old sales halo infinite uh, is here okay uh, who cares uh i mean uh the it it, it has it has been running in circles for years yeah and there has to be some sort of resolution to it um yeah and i and i really wonder what it will be i think it will come from 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 a small group from a small small group with no money it, because the, mm. the the world has always been like that you can you know we could say the same i'm sure in the 50s with the car industry or anything uh it, it's it's always been the big groups, now that they know how to make money, they just double down on what they know, you know. And uh, so, yeah, you're talking about all these games, and it's, it's kind of like ridiculous in a way, right? Like, wow. You could just say the same about the movie industry. You could say the same about everything, frankly. And every time someone comes out of the woods unknown and and surprises every, everybody with, with, a, with a small idea that becomes huge, you know. And then they... They get acquired and then they do the number three, number ten, number a million, right? Like for, for for they milk that thing for like ten years, and it's it's gross. It's annoying for sure. Like as as a creative, as a, even as a as a as a customer, I, I I'm done by it. Yeah, I'm bothered by it. It's I'm like it makes me hate the the, the game industry. 
makes me hate the industry. It makes me hate the world in some ways. You know, why is the world receptive to that? Why, why are we still going after the same franchise you named over and over that don't bring anything? It just, it's just so ex- expected. And then this time they bring the loot boxes. Then now it's going to be the NFTs or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, it's sickening. But it's the world, right? It's been like this since ever. So I have hope that it's going to keep, you know, uh, we always have... As sad as it is, it's always been sad in its own way, you know, like maybe not at that scale that it is now. And there's always been some something that emerges from nowhere that surprises people because because money doesn't solve everything. Uh, so yeah, let's just wait. Something will something will show up. I mean hopefully it'll be part of it. Yeah, well, but money, money don't solve everything. You're you're absolutely right. But uh, this is still business, and uh, the the business model is still pretty easy. If something makes money, we should do uh, a sequel or another, you know, uh, another movie. Yeah. If it doesn't make money, uh, then we should not. Yeah, and uh, I mean uh, that that rant about Call of Duty, Halo, and Battlefield, and um, other AAA shooter games. uh, In the end, uh, you know the top management will uh, look at the figures and go like, "Well, it worked out well. Let's do it another uh, another game next year." Yeah, because there's a track like that, you know, and and Mm -hmm. you can. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but you can you can blame the gamers more than more than the business people. I mean, you know, one can we can blame both if we want to, but it takes two to tango. Uh, the day the day that people just go ah fuck it, I'm not interested anymore in those, you know, uh, then the, the big big money people will will just they be bummed. They'll go oh we got to stop that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting because. Uh, well, we, we used to say that the video gaming industry is young and uh, it's a race. Uh, it's very, it's a very energetic space. And uh, but, but uh, you know, as fast uh, as the gaming industry came to the you know the most uh, advanced technologies, the most advanced I mean graphical sound technologies that are now spread through all the media. I mean. Uh, uh, people use video game technologies in movies, uh, education, uh, not the video game technologies per se, but, but I mean the, the technologies like Connect, who uh, uh, the, the technologies that started as video game technologies and then evolved in something bigger. Uh, but, uh, and uh, with that same speed, the game development industry came to that you know sad state of lack of ideas. Uh, like every summer we have uh, Marvel blockbusters uh, about dinosaurs and shit and every summer yeah. it's the same so we've got every autumn in the video gaming industry and it's worse you know it might be worse than the movies mm-hmm. because if you think about it uh, you could you could milk like a big video game franchise because of the media that keeps on evolving, which might be, by the way, at some point something that will stop. But right now, it's like every you know cycle, there's a new technology, new thing, etc. So you can milk, you can ship again the same game, same from the same franchise, the same story. It doesn't even matter. 
because now it's actualized on a new hardware. That the movie industry doesn't really know that. The 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 uh, even the music industry doesn't know that. I mean, you know, if, if you listen to the Beatles, it's still the same Beatles today. Yeah, but there there are such things as remasters in the music industry or even uh, remixes. Remasters mostly. I yeah, mean, uh, but I mean, how far uh, can recent go? release by Keys, uh, the Destroyer remaster. It's the the fourteenth anniversary or something. <laughs> like whatever. yeah, and they do the same with Star Wars, etc. But it's Star Wars, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, but so, but it looks like you'll have eventually you'll have like franchises that are gonna last longer in the video game industry. If if we keep doing this, like. We can we can sell Mario for another fifty years, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know that we'll still sell the Beatles in fifty years. That's my point. Well, uh, I think that it works for many, many, many things in life in general. When something good uh, starts to to you know to to develop, it eventually turns to shit at some point. Like when uh, remakes and uh, I mean video game remakes and remasters uh, started to appear, uh, some gamers were like, "Oh no, we don't need this. We need new games." And uh, the other group of people was like, "You don't understand, guys. We actually need someone to preserve and uh, you know save older games in the form of remasters for younger generation of gamers." And it's yeah. it's great. I mean. Uh, after playing, uh, we still got such remasters like uh, Resident Evil 2, brilliant, and many other games. I won't, I, I will not uh, name all of them, but uh, in general, at some point, it uh, it seemed that remakes is a blessing. Yeah. Uh, but then at some point, I figured that uh, remake, I mean the 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 word itself is. Uh, it's a nice marketing, you know, uh, button, because if you place uh, a word remake on some sort of shitty, forgotten, old, uh, ancient game, people will look at it and think and think about it as of something important because it deserved a remake. Yeah. And there's now there's the next stage. Where's the well? I mean, where, where's the 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 new ideas, guys? How about uh, some new games? Yeah, remakes are good, but um... I, I don't I don't care for remakes so much. But I, I I do think there's something sad about some of the games that I've loved so much in my in my young ages uh, young age that I can't play anymore simply because I don't have the systems anymore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't look. So if you think about a game like Gauntlet, Gauntlet One or Two, or or Archon, I don't know if you remember this one. Uh, those Gauntlet One, let's say Gauntlet One is perfect as is. Like I don't want to remake it. I don't care. You know, I would not. It would. Be, I, I want the same imperfection. I want the same problems. I want. I want this nostalgia. How do I play Gauntlet today with an emulator? And it's a little bit uh, unofficial. And uh, you know, you you gotta have the the. You gotta be a little bit of a hacker to to get in there and like install yeah. this and that mm -hmm. and like download the ROMs and it seems kind of like not right, etc. So I don't know. As, as much as if you want to see an old movie from Hitchcock, you can. It's in black and white, and you can, right? There's nothing preventing you from that, like this. Uh, but, like, how do you do that for games? And that's that's a little sad, I think, uh, as far as... Because uh, I think, you know, without even talking about remastering or anything, like that, that, that piece of art, like the way it was, like, like an old 
song in the 60s or something. You can listen to it today very easily. You got an MP3 somewhere, like on, on some uh, Spotify that will give you anything you want. It doesn't exist for games so much. Yeah, even, I mean, even stores like GOG.com, it was, uh, uh, well, uh, before uh, a pivot in their strategy, uh, it was an abbreviation for good, good old, old games. games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then they just forgot about it. There's still a lot of good, uh, good old stuff out there, and uh, I use uh, GOG very... Uh, very often, uh, but uh, it's also the question of the publisher. Uh, I mean, like uh, there, there were there were cases uh, when when a game was pulled off from Steam because uh, some some uh, you know um, some rights on uh, particular songs. Uh, that play in this game, they they uh, the they were breached or they ran out of time. Uh, and the uh, same goes with the games. Uh, the studio can change a publisher or something else will happen and the, the games can just, they tend to just disappear. Of course, the, there are uh, places like GOG or the Internet Archive or some other, uh, there, there, there are some databases uh, and websites where you can still play Dune 2, the, the building of a dynasty in, in your browser, but uh, you cannot save the game, you, you cannot take it with you. As soon as you close the browser tab, you, uh, mm. well, you forget about the, you for, forgot about the game that you played uh, a couple minutes ago, uh, etc. But yeah, what you are talking about is not remakes and remasters. It's more of uh, reissues of some sort. Yeah, it's like, like Castlevania yeah. Collection for the Switch with original graphics and uh, original sound or Flashback. Do you remember Flashback, the the platformer Metroidvania? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, it's what French. a stupid question. <laughs> it's French, and it's it's the 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 uh, as far as I know, it's the most. Uh, the best-selling game made in France was it still to oh, the wow. to this day? Yeah, I guess, but maybe not. I would have thought another world was. I didn't know Flashback was even because it's the same company, but I didn't know they made yeah. it better. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's even in uh, World Guinness Records books for that, I believe. I can't be wrong. So weird. I think EA. Yeah. So so again. yeah. The the reissue of Flashback was it was uh, it was just best because everything they changed is uh, they added the the rewind button so if you fell down a cliff you can just rewind and uh, play further easily that's that's the shit we need yeah, yeah, yeah. please listen to us <laughs> <laughs> yeah missing missing some games is what i can totally relate to raf missing i mean not missing the games themselves but uh, missing the opportunity to play them yeah. when when you just but in a Have way, an idea. in a way, it's yeah. it's also maybe it's a curse and a blessing at the same time because I mean it's sad that those games disappear, but uh, it's also an opportunity for new generations of developers to recycle uh, some old ideas that now are too old to even be appreciated. Uh, you know, with, with I, it's not a secret that I'm a huge fan of Ultima, Ultima and the World, mm -hmm. Looking Glass games. And in a way, my most of my games, uh, they've 
they were inspired by by some of the stuff that I was living when I was when I was a kid, uh, and so they get a second life through new, new generations of creators, you know. So hopefully, in twenty years from now, when Dishonored is like an old piece of crap that nobody wants to touch, there's there's gonna be still some young uh, developer that. I mean, maybe in 20 years from now, I won't be that young. Uh, some developer that was young when he played, when they played uh, Dishonored back then, and, and now like they're making something that is inspired by it, you know? Yeah, it's a way to to save ideas too. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Yeah, whereas imagine in writing, people are still competing with writers from hundreds of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because media hasn't changed so it's like hey you copied Shakespeare oh no no and you didn't do it better than him and you didn't do it better so why do you even do it yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah but games date heavier than uh, than books well I mean that, yeah that, that's, yeah. that's it right it's a trade off it's a trade off It's it, it allows it to stay a little more fresh because you can just reactualize with the with the technology, but but you you will your your product is perishable. Yeah, which is kind of weird. One last thing that I was mm, I wanted to say is that we uh, we often forget, um, you know, under the veil of the drama, uh, business news, breaking news, and uh, you know, huge releases, overall boredom. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, some sort of scandalous articles, we often forget that without the developers, uh, without the guys behind their computers constantly, you know, uh, busy with uh, polishing or developing or researching something, without these guys, uh, everything else would not even exist. Like there, without the devs, there would be no uh, no video game media, no video game publishers, no video game funds, and uh, no me- video game stores and platforms and all that shit, and even the technology. So the without you guys, uh, this is all pointless. There will be no the house of the dev, and uh, remember that. Uh, and know your price. Hopefully, we will meet again in season two. Raf, thank you again for being a part of it. Thank you. And for goodbye. Me. See you soon. Yeah, goodbye. See you soon.